Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Show. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. I am joined by Drew Dinkmeyer from DailyRoto.com. This is the second in a multi-part series where Drew and I are going to sit down and draft a team in the $3.5 million championship in or on the Play Draft app. But uh, first, Drew, we are going to go through one of my drafts that I estimate is probably from the beginning of May, just by looking at the ADPs. Yeah, and I think this is an interesting exercise because ADP moves so substantially from the early part of uh, the offseason through the draft process. And then this this looks like it's probably uh, right around draft time or post-draft time because with some of the ADPs on guys. And then obviously to take a look at where things compare to now and ultimately give you some perspective because I know there's been a lot of talk about you know, on Twitter about how the Tyreek Hill news really impacted the, the, this best ball championship and different things like that. And I think this provides a little bit of context to how some teams could look at different times with good values and bad values, with things that kind of turn the other way. Um, so Davis, in this draft, you had the 12th pick, which I think both of us agree that in general, when you get one of these picks towards the back end of the first round, makes your values look really weird. <laughs> it makes things look a little bit weird because you, you are more likely to, I think anytime you're on the bot, the, the, the three picks to the front of the draft or the back of the draft, you will have to do some weird ADP things because you're trying to manipulate the teams around you with what they have. Um, and you're also trying to reach on guys. But I think more importantly, I think the thing that's really shined through early in best ball season for me is that if you have an early pick, you're going to have a little bit more running back heavy rosters on the early side of the draft. If you have a later pick, you're going to have a little bit more wide receiver or tight end heavy rosters um, just simply based on ADP. So with the 12th pick in this draft, uh, how did your first few rounds of this this draft look like? So this was – I'm looking at this team now, and this was definitely at like the height. This was probably after like the audio recording for Tyreek came out. So this was when I was like, oh, this dude is not playing, which obviously <laughs> looks really brilliant now. So I took I took Travis Kelsey at the one point – uh, that 12th overall. And then I came around on the wrap with Odell Beckham, which is very reflective of what our projections are now and what our projections were then. So actually the start of this draft, the only thing that's weird really is that Kelsey, like he probably never gets to 12 these days. Yeah, it's interesting to see. And so that, that's one of the interesting things, right? That this was around the time that we were all assuming that there was some level of risk around Tyreek Hill. Um, you were taking the assumption that he might not play at all. Some were taking the assumption that he might get suspended. But regardless, Travis Kelsey was still available towards the back end of round one. Now we know Tyreek Hill is going to play, is not going to be suspended, and Travis Kelsey is going even higher. So that's kind of that's an interesting dynamic about what's happened. I think some of that has to do with some of the content that's been generated around the industry talking about the impact of the tight end position in these best ball drafts. And people have ta- started to talk themselves out of Kittle and Ertz as well. Like they, they, their ADPs, have, like if you, if you looked at one of those graphs of ADPs, you would see them diverging. You would see Kelsey going up and Kittle and Ertz, Ertz particularly. You, Ertz used to be like late second round. Now you can get him like mid third round a good chunk of the time. So the interesting thing to me, that the, a Kelsey Beckham start, not, not particularly interesting to me. I mean, I like Beckham quite a bit. Uh, our projections like Juju quite a bit. Um, but those guys are, are guys that tend to be around there on the turn. The, th- the end of the third, early fourth, is what I found interesting because, honestly, I, yeah, one, there are two guys who are never there now. One guy for sure you never get. The second guy, I don't think you get there either very often. I just got my first share of Amari Cooper today in a cash game at 3.10. And that was so that was a, a long time for him to last. You got Damian Williams at 3.12 and Amari Cooper at 4.1. I know you have obviously been among the leaders in the Damian Williams RB1 uh, hype train, but what was it like at this point in the draft season being able to get a guy who now is going mid two pretty consistently, sometimes early two, to get him late three into early four? Was that routine during that time of the year? Um, And what do you think has really 
uh, impacted the change in the ADP that we're seeing now with Damian Williams? I mean, he was just, he was just, he just used to be free, right? Like that just used to be the thing with Damian Williams is you didn't even really have to try to get him because the market, the market just had not caught up with the fact that he was going to be the lead running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. So pretty much when he was there, when he was available in the third round, I was taking him. But also there were like there were drafts where you could get him in the middle of the fourth round, and it would like he would be going where like Leonard Fournette or Josh Jacobs is going now. And the same thing with Amari Cooper. Like those were two guys that I I, I am like I am definitely a little bit higher than our projections are on Amari Cooper because I think there's like a little bit of this unexplored upside with the Cowboys offense. But like that that's what a lot of these early drafts are. However, where I'm looking at my uh, ownership portfolio right now and there are a couple key mistakes I made later in the draft that I think are gonna some some of my Damian Williams Amari Cooper you know whatever these early value teams are going to be sunk with some of like the zero RB decisions I made later on yeah it's interesting you look at this team and you think man that is such a great start relative to where ADP has moved now obviously there will be some uh, differentiators later that you probably will have regrets on and that's that's the key in understanding yeah a lot of these teams that drafted early may have had a big advantage in terms of where they were drafting, but there also might be um, some disappointments along the way too. So at the, at the five or yeah, at the five, six turn, you ended up taking Lamar Miller and DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore is one of those risers during the course of draft season. I think the, the Carolina passing game in general has been on the rise uh, during draft season here. Hard to see him lasting into late five, early six. Now he's kind of routinely going mid five, sometimes early five. Um, but Lamar Miller is a guy that's gone the other direction. Yeah, he's uh, you're getting like the eighth round now. Yeah, he's going in the seventh and eighth round now. And it's interesting for me because I don't really see anything that would have deterred me from Lamar Miller in terms of what the Texans have done this offseason. I guess there's been better health reports around Donta Foreman. That's that's but, all it is. It's it's been because Donta Foreman at this time was like a 14th round pick. Now Donta Foreman is like a 10 to 11th round pick. So if you just if you do the math between those two running backs and the projection of that offense, you would say, okay, if the back guy is going to go up, then the top guy has to slide back. That's just that's right. how it has to go. Yeah, and DJ Moore, obviously one of your uh, favorite breakout candidates. I believe you posted an article today about him being the fantasy wide receiver breakout candidate this year. Well, I, I, I just try and tweet that article out like once a week, but I actually wrote it like two months ago. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, DJ Moore been pumping that hype train for a while now. The ADP still hasn't moved a ton um, from where Davis was able to get him. Then looking at the, uh, the – Next turn is where it all goes bad, though. His next turn is a total disaster. <laughs> The 7-8 turn, Ronald Jones and Mecole Hardman. <clears throat> Davis, explain your thoughts. Well, both of these were, like, really not too far away from ADP at the time. Like, like if you consider the fact that I was at the turn, you would say, like, okay, I probably went five picks early on Jones. I probably went ten picks early or so on Hardman. Like, they were, they were like, sort of fine picks. The issue that you're going to find is when both of the guys you're taking in premium rounds are – uh, like slight reaches and then their ADP shifts back uh, 20 or 30 slots and Hardman's case his ADP has fallen like half the draft his ADP at one point was like 85 now his ADP is like 150 that uh, you're gonna have teams that just don't look very good because you basically just punt it off uh, to premium picks yeah so that that really hurts and that really shapes <clears throat> kind of the structure of the rest of this team here uh, 9-10, you went Austin Eckler and Jameis Winston, two guys that are both going a little bit earlier now. I guess Jameis is kind of holding steady around that ninth, 10th round in terms of value, but probably a little he bit. Goes, he goes higher in the $25. Someone yeah. always takes him in the eighth round in the 25. Yeah, to try to complete stacks and stuff like that. And, and cash games, not as big of an emphasis. So um, I think, you know, a little bit of squeezed out value there, certainly on Winston. A couple rounds on Eckler, though. Eckler now going, you know, with the Melvin Gordon news. Now yeah, going. that was probably two rounds early on him. But, like, I, Eckler was a guy I liked all offseason. Yeah, so it's interesting because what you're saying is essentially that you went two rounds early on him, but you still got about two rounds of value right now compared to where he's going um, just because of kind of the offseason news cycle. Uh, moving through this draft a little bit more, you ended up with Traquan Smith. And at the 12 spot, uh, John Brown. These are two guys I don't have a ton of exposure to now. 
have our, our stuff does coming. not like Traquan Smith. Traquan, it's all projection for me. Like our, our math is not really into him at all. It's all it's all me going. I just think he's better than Ted Ginn. I think he's better than Keith Kirkwood. I think he's a better option than giving uh, you know, 112 targets to Jared Cook. Like it just it's just a, a belief in the skill. Got you. Uh, and and then as you work later on in the draft. Uh, Chase Edmonds at 14, Dak Prescott late 13. I think those picks have held up pretty well. Dak, certainly a little bit of value there. Uh, Chase Edmonds probably still going right around there. That was a uh, that was a reach on Edmonds. Edmonds used to be able to get him in the 17th. I just I just always knew I wanted him, so sometimes I'd take him early. And then uh, 15th, you went Gasecki, 16th, Gio Bernard, 17th, Ricky Seals-Jones, and 18th, Randall Cobb. You had mentioned um, having some concerns about you know how you how you rounded out this roster relative to what you're drafting now. Are those, are those guys you're still on? Are, are, are... I, I'm just not taking, I'm not taking geo anymore at all. After, after we wrote the ultimate guide to zero RB drafting and I looked into your ideas with like the layered RB stuff. It's like, I just like, even before he got cut, theoretic, uh, Chris Thompson like I just don't take those guys anymore because their value is really all early in the season while you're waiting for zero RB stuff to shake out but it's also pretty unlikely that a team that like wins the draft basketball championship is going to have a guy who scores 110 PPR points like you're, you're going to need guys who are like absolutely smashing their ADP not just who are like paying off their tag. Yeah, so I think I think Bernard is one of those archetypes that you probably don't draft as much of anyway. So I don't think it's a big concern for you. But on this team with kind of Austin Eckler at the time, I think this was you know maybe doubling up on two archetypes. Now, if Eckler ends up being the lead guy because Melvin Gordon sits out the whole season or something like that, I think it changes the equation a little bit. Um, personally, for me on Travis Kelsey teams, I don't go three tight ends. That's not something that I do. I know you ended up with Ricky Seals Jones kind of as a third tight end here with that. Um, 12th week by so same week as, as Kelsey and, and Gasicki and boy the Gasicki news has not been has not been great today. Yeah, it seems guys, seems like it seems like his like best game. case scenario is the dude somehow catches four one yard touchdowns. I mean it's it's early in in the practice season, but it is not great that he's uh, losing time to Nick O'Leary. Uh, not ideal for a guy who's dominant in college, who's dominant at the combine. I'm very confused if Mick Gasicki uh, doesn't doesn't hit for a team that should be showcasing young players. Um, but while we're talking here, I did register for the for a 25 best ball championship. It's at 10 to 12, so it's a, it should fill pretty quickly here. Um, I did you did mention the uh, ultimate um, best ball draft and uh, zero running back guides. Uh, as a reminder to anyone listening to the podcast, those are available for subscribers over at Roto Experts. Uh, so make sure to check those out and get your subscription to uh, Roto Experts. Davis, as we approach this draft, which will be my, I'm looking at my draft ownership, my 28th uh, best ball championship draft, uh, 28th, and I, I feel like I've had either the 12th pick or the 7th pick and probably 16 of those. I feel like I've been overloaded, so I'm hoping to get do one of these early. Do you think that the data confirms that, or do you just think that that's your feeling? Well, I, I will is, is I will it, math it out later, but I'm sure that I'm sure that the data is, is somewhere in the middle. Usually, the truth is somewhere in the middle between. Well, my you just you just need to keep bragging, and I'll, you only do one at a time. I, I don't know how I don't know how you and Colin and Michael, you guys all do them one at a time. I, I do not understand for the life of me how you guys do that. Yeah, I've done two at a time on occasion. So uh, I I got the tenth pick. So, uh, so still, still drafting in the same, uh, same area that I've been drafting pretty much all season, which for me, um, you know, provides a, it, it provides kind of an easy path, like a, a very comfortable draft because I've drafted it so much at this point. I know our first episode, we drafted out of the, the one spot. Um, so the, the curse was kind of broken, but it'll be a very different looking draft than that draft. I believe that draft we ended up going, uh, we got Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, right at that turn. So we ended up being a little bit running back heavier in this draft. When you get the 10th spot in a draft, what, what's your first reaction? What's the first thing you think about? I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver. I, I, will, be taking, I will be taking two of uh, Judas Masuster, Odo Beckham, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. And uh, I, I just know that that's what is, what's going to happen pretty much. My, uh, my, first, uh, my first instinct is, will Travis Kelsey fall to me? Um, most of the time in 25 I just am like he's not going to yeah I don't I don't I don't think he will um but if he if let's so if Kelsey is there at 1.10 that's my snap pick 
Um, what do you, what do you, do you feel the same or do you have any wide receivers that if they fell above Kelsey, you would take them? Um, it's like kind of a test for me between Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey. Cause like, I, like those are my two, those are, that's my number one wide receiver. My number one tight end Our projections, like obviously have more raw stats for Smith-Schuster than for Kelsey. But, uh, you know, there is a positional, there's obviously the positional value for Kelsey. I, I don't, I honestly, it's probably a coin flip for me. Like it probably depends on like how I'm feeling when I switch over to that pick. So I generally try to maximize my ADP, which is one of the reasons that I actually rarely take Juju in the first round. Yeah, because he'll sometimes get back to you in the second. Yeah, and, and for me, somebody who's going to be drafting, you know, maybe 100 of these drafts, I'm not too concerned about making necessarily the very best team every single time I draft. I'm, yeah, you just want to have different options. Yeah, more concerned about kind of uh, having a diversified, a relatively diversified portfolio where I still have some of my – um, takes and some of our projections uh, layered in. And then also uh, I want to like uh, you, when you're doing a lot of these, you always kind of want to find that one draft where everything breaks right and, and all the ADP kind of falls to you. And I always kind of been searching for that. Um, so this is interesting. Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley went 1.6 and 1.7. Collusion. Someone's colluding. Um, well, the a draft I had yesterday, Dante Pettis and uh, Corey Davis went 11 and 13. Uh, yeah, no, eleven fourteen, and I was a, uh, I was very, my my eyes were quite raised at the possibility of some collusion going on. It led to a slightly better team for me, but not a crazy one. We're on deck here, and um, Devonte Adams and Travis Kelsey are still there, so there's a chance of Kelsey at one point one zero. I I would say you probably get in there about half the time. At at, at the tenth pick. So Kelsey goes 1.09. So now I've got Devontae Adams as the top guy, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham. I don't have any Devontae Adams. Yeah, you should take him then. Because you can even That's you can good. even take Rodgers too. You could get your you could get your Adams. I will Rogers. almost never take Devontae Adams. So I feel like getting a share yeah. here at 1.10 isn't too bad. Um, sometimes I don't take him just because I secretly believe Marquez Valdez Scantling is better. I don't even know what to say to that. You, you and this Valdez Scantling hype train. Um, he trained with Randy Moss in the offseason, Drew. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you, that's all you need to know. And Rodgers likes it. Rodgers has already been like, oh, yeah, Marquez, bro. He's good. He's good, bro. So if I, I didn't take Adams there for me, I probably would have taken Odell. Odell, yeah. I'm really high on Odell. I think from a projection perspective, you could argue, you know, Julio. Um, I think Odell has the highest upside of – pretty much any wide receiver out there this year. Um, him and Juju, I think if you can get the – like Juju I think has a better potential target volume, but I think Odell could just have an incredibly efficient season. Um, coming back to me, Juju does fall back to me, so I will take Juju. So I've paired up Devontae Adams and Juju Smith-Schuster. That's got to be a very unique start. I bet, I bet that a very small percentage of teams are even able to get Adams at 10, and then of those teams, I bet an even smaller percentage specifically take Schuster. Well, I think there was a period of time where, where you know, Juju was falling into kind of that middle of the second. And if you were in that range and you took Devontae, uh, you might have him fall back to you. But I think now um, that he's been propped up, it's much harder to get that. And the reason he's been propped up now is obviously Melvin Gordon falling out of those ranks. And also, you know, I think um, as the field gets a little bit closer to the season I feel like you you get more of those zero running back articles you get people drafting a little bit more aggressively on the zero RB side I feel like wide receiver valuations on the whole have been kind of um, moving up over the last few weeks yeah I mean just in general as fields get sharper I think the mediocre running backs are going to get pushed down and the high ceiling wide receivers are going to get pushed up because that's what all the smart like smart people just understand that that's the right way to draft in best ball yeah, and I also think it's important to also differentiate what you're trying to accomplish between, you know, a best ball championship roster and let's say, you know, you're playing a $5 12-man that is what I would consider like a cash game. Yeah. Um, I think different approaches do warrant different types of picks. Um, it's more notable for me kind of in the late rounds with the types of things that I do, but also the types of things we talk about with stacking and whatnot. But also sometimes with regards to like early rounds, um, I might not double up a position 
like tight end, like I might not take two of the higher end tight ends early in a cash game type setup where I might do it in the best ball championship. Um, it's just a little bit like slight different roster constructions in terms of what I'm trying to accomplish because I'm really trying to, I'm trying to really hit a home run with my lineup and give myself the biggest upside plays at all yeah. positions. And one of the advantages I think you can do in, um, in some of these formats is by creating positional scarcity for your opponents with doubling up on some of like doubling up on two good tight ends and different things like that. I mean, you can do the same. Like if you, if you take Kyler early and then you take Jameis early, like you, you eliminate if those, like if you take Kyler and Jameis both, someone you're drafting with is really tilting you because you just ruined one of the stacks that they wanted to do. Yeah. I haven't done any uh, intentional ruining of stacks, but I have seen stacks developing and been actively rooting for other people to ruin them. Um, I know uh, I was in a draft last night with, uh, I think, Wakey Wakey, who, like, went on a full Bucks onslaught and got good value, like, got good Godwin late four, Howard early five, like, got good tags on all these guys. Um, it was, like, the Evans late two, Godwin late four, Howard early five, and then, you know, and then in, he, he took Winston in eight, which he should when you've got all how that. Tilted, how tilted would he have been to, to lose Winston on that one? Like, that's like, you, you're yeah. really tilting that? Yeah. Um, so there's certainly some situations that when we talk about the quarterbacks that we'll talk through in terms of the best ball championship that I wouldn't necessarily do in a cash game. Like, I wouldn't be I w- – stacking would not even cross my mind in some of the cash game options. It would be something that if it happens naturally or I'm like have two guys that are closely – rated together I'd be happy to do but I'm not going to jump a quarterback like five spots in the quarterback rankings to stack in like a cash game where I would in these best ball championships Mm, I still like to stack in the cash games like I I probably wouldn't go like two rounds early but like I like like I like to get like the Lamar Jackson Marquise Brown or the Carson Wentz uh Deshaun Jackson or or whatever like I, I I still like to have it like I don't I certainly don't avoid it or like, or like a, a really good one for cash games is Dak Prescott, Michael Gallup, because those guys aren't really expensive, and I like both of them individually and together even a little better. Yeah, those, there's definitely a number of stacks with some of those second-tier quarterbacks that you can get a little bit later that feel pretty comfortable. I know we've talked about the Lamar Jackson ones with Marquise Brown or Miles um, uh, Ma- Boykin even um, with the Jimmy Garoppolo ones with Marquise Goodwin are very attainable. Um, Dak and Gallup, Trubisky and Gabriel. Uh, there's a lot of guys there in kind of the second area. Um, 3.10, we're, we're six picks away. What's your thought process on this area right now, the draft? This is a kind of a tricky area for me right now because there's a lot of guys that kind of bunch together similarly. And I hope to get two of them with the 3.10, 4.03, I guess it is. Um, I would I would probably be wishing that Josh Jacobs was going to be there for me. Josh I, I don't know. Josh Jacobs is always there late three. I, I I don't I mean if he is yeah I I take Josh Jacobs a lot I I really like Josh Jacobs I think he's I think he's so, like incredibly strong there. So the guy that I I I take Jacobs more in the four. Um, and for me the way that I look at this one point uh, three point one zero pick is I see first first my hope is like do either of these tight ends fall all the way back. They almost never do. But if they do, then it's interesting to me if Kittle or Ertz fall the way back. Um, my second thought is, like, of the wide receivers, who are the ones that I feel pretty good about? Um, our projections like Adam Thielen, Keenan Cooper, Allen, Stephon Diggs. Cooper, those guys are kind of all in there. Um, the third round for me is a little too early for Mahomes. He just went 3.7. Um, I'm not a big Derrick Henry guy, so I don't I don't take Derrick Henry here. Um I wouldn't take Josh Jacobs before Henry and Freeman go um, because I think there's more wide receiver value to be had if that's the case. So the running back that I end up considering in this range now, and he just went at 3.8, is Carryon Johnson, who I think got a meaningful boost. Mean, in his yeah, very meaningful. I think our projections like him a lot more now. With Theoretic pushed out. And so now I'm up at, I'm at, at 3.10. Devonta Freeman is there as the running back. Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs are the wide receivers. Here's, here's one where I will take a player. I will jump a little bit ahead. I'm going to take Keenan Allen because I don't want to pair Thielen and Diggs personally because I don't want the Cousins stack. I'm not super in on Cousins. Um, Cousins by the numbers is like fine for this. 
And I actually, as I was talking, I timed out and took Thielen. So I might so, take Thielen for, for the stack purposes. You should, um, take, you should take Josh Jacobs. But so the, Jacobs is in the equation for me with this, with this second uh, pick that's going to come around. I would like Keenan Allen. I would feel really good with Keenan Allen. Um, he, I actually like him a little bit more than Thielen because I do like to play that where it gives me some um, leverage to get the other Minnesota wide receiver if they fall. Um, Devonta Freeman went, then Keenan Allen went, uh, then Stefan Diggs went. So now I'm two picks away. Josh Jacobs and Brandon Cooks are going to be the two guys. Uh, either one of them fall to me. Given I've started with three wide receivers, I'd probably lean Josh Jacobs here. Um, but I, I'd be fine with either of those guys. And our projections, actually, I believe, do prefer Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I mean, I prefer Brandon Cooks just because I think that he has a – I think that he has, like, a completely monster season in him that has not came out in, like, the last two years. But, like, I, I believe in a good – with a good quarterback, good offense, he has, like, a uh, 140-target, 1,300-yard, 11-touchdown season. Like, I, I think that's in there. I just – it just obviously has not quite happened yet. Well, Josh Jacobs did go before me, so Brandon Cooks is on the team. So we've started out four wide. Uh, not only four wide, but four wide with four different buys, which I like too. Creates a little bit more flexibility if I want to go with uh, those seven wide receiver teams. I feel better. I know you're all about the seven wide receiver teams. I like eight wide receiver teams. You probably um, don't need to go eight wide receivers with this combination. On this team, the combination, the, the combination of the start, four really strong receivers with Juju, Thielen, Adams, Cooks, and four different bye weeks makes it so that this will be very likely for me be a seven wide receiver team. Um, some of the challenges I get into with some of the zero wide zero running back wide receiver heavy teams that I feel like I need eight sometimes is because a lot of the guys that I like have the same bye weeks. Um, like Juju, Odette, like week seven and week 12 are a nightmare for me with bye weeks. And so if I stack up like four or five guys with week seven bye weeks, then I feel like I need that eighth wide receiver because at least one of these weeks, I'm going to be really relying on just two or three guys to carry my potential. So that's kind of how I think through the bye week situation. I don't. I guess I don't give a ton of thought to it because if you're going to bank, you're it, drafting eight teams at once. Well, if you, also if you're trying to if you're trying to bank one of these things, like you're just going to need to run so insanely hot that stuff like that is like not going to matter as much, you know. I guess I would I would worry more about I guess the week twelve buy than the week seven buy just because why. Well, you'd be you. I guess just that, just from like a sweat equity perspective. The sweat, yeah, the sweat equity. The problem is the the week twelve teams like Kansas City, the Chargers. Yeah, it's it's all it's all good. Yeah. Arizona and Kansas City both have a week twelve buy. Like like those are going to be like sick fantasy football implications of like <laughs> there's there are going to be a lot of teams like seasonal teams out there with like Damian Williams, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, Kyler. You know all these guys that are just going to be like needing a win in week twelve and are going to be you know, picking up Ryan Tannehill off the waiver wire and tilting about it. <laughs> so the interesting thing is from this position, you know, the late first position, I do like where you land in the late fifth, early sixth round, because I do think some guys sometimes fall into that late fifth that I view as early fifth guys. And I feel like the late fifth, early sixth is really flush with options. And I especially feel that way at tight end because of Evan Ingram's stock increasing over the last few weeks. I don't believe that Ingram's stock has increased. Like our projections. All right, let's go through this. Our, our projections, I gave him more market share and our projections are still like not super bullish on him, even with that outcome. So we have uh, OJ Howard ahead of Hunter Henry. And then we have Ingram, like, you know, the first tight end after Hunter Henry, but like five or like, we have we have Evan Ingram with like the same stat line as Kenny Stills. Yeah, I mean our our projections do love Kenny Stills. Oh, oh, uh, just oh, let's make it a wide receiver that people actually like, so that they get the they get the example I'm making. Um, we have we have Evan Ingram with the same stat line as like Christian Andy Kirk, Miller. like Christian Kirk. No, like in terms of no, we we have him. We have Christian Kirk. Well, we have Christian Kirk with the likes more than projections icon, though. Right, but in terms of the projections, we have Christian Kirk sixty seventh and Evan Ingram seventieth. Like, yeah, but one of them, one of them, one of them has one of them has some upside, and one of them's upside is like, 
I, he, Evan Ingram's upside is like Sterling Shepard, Marvin, and uh, Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate both are just like final destination candidates and just can't play. And Evan Ingram is getting like the Jack Doyle four yard target every single drive. Okay, so I have good news and bad news. We're on we're on the clock. The bad news is we're definitely not taking a running back. The good news is DJ Moore is there at five point one zero. Smash, smash it in. So is Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup. There's not not as like, not as in on those guys. So DJ Moore, DJ Moore is our wide receiver five. He's another one of the bye week seven guys that, that I run into issues with in terms of my lo- roster builds. But this is going to be a very zero RB team. You, you're going to – you got to take – you got to take like uh, Maurice Freeman or something, Daryl Henderson. So, um, so we're up in four picks again. Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, Cooper Cup, Tevin Coleman, Tyler Boyd um, – and yeah, Ingram's gone too. So I won't be going tight end either. So I think for me, uh, three picks away, Carson Cup, Coleman. One of those guys land, I'm pretty good. A Boyd would be a fine. I don't like, so let's just talk about this from a holistic perspective. What good are you doing here taking another wide receiver? Like, do you, do you feel like that? I feel like I mean, maybe. I mean, they're, 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 they're meaningfully better than the running backs. Yeah, no, they are. It's just, it's just so like the way I think about it is like if all five of those dudes smash, you're still probably tilting because those are not weekly usable scores. You know what I'm saying? No, but I'm going to layer through so many weekly usable scores with them. Like I'm going to have is, very – Is Deshaun Watson still there? No, he won't. Okay, I was going to say I would – with that start, I would actually think e- about e- – Eckler, e- Daryl Henderson just went at the 5-6 turn. Um, if Chris Carson's there, I, I might take Chris Carson. I don't have any exposure to Chris Carson yet. This is going to be the zero but, RV draft for sure. But but Cooper Cup being there and then giving me Cooks and Cup gives me a free pass at Goff later too. Um, and then those teams, I like taking Malcolm Brown as a late round pick. So Tariq Cohen went. So Chris Carson is there along with Cup and Tevin Coleman. I think for this team, I'm going to take Chris Carson just because yeah, we have Carson with a pretty good season, even with like no receiving work at all. Yeah. So I'm going to take Chris Carson. Um, I don't Chris have Carson, definitely a dude that's better for best ball than for weekly management. You are going to be tilting your, uh, your face off at Chris Carson in weekly management leagues. So normally there, I would have taken Cooper cup. I like Cooper cup more than Chris Carson, but that was a situation where I think, just getting a running back body allows me a little bit more flexibility in the rest of my draft to make better decisions. I just, because if the draft really gets away from me on the running back side, um, it's not like in season leagues where you can fix it. You can't really fix it in best ball. If you end up with like your running back four as like Reichwell Armstead. Yeah. Um, so, so that for me was a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a draft based on positional need after going five wide receivers to start. Um, this will also be a draft, given that I don't have a tight end through this period, that I will probably end up... Um, Jack up, Doyle, RSJ, the, the Matic trademark. Uh, uh, Austin Hooper is the Daily Roto Projections trademark. I yeah, I take him, because he's, he's got that sweet spot in ADP where most of the time yeah. you probably have two or three running backs, four or five wide receivers, and you're like, uh, okay, it's, it's Marvin Jones and his corpse, or it's Austin Hooper, and like, you're like, okay, I'm going to take Hooper. Yeah. Um, so this area now, we're like 13 picks away. This area is very wide receiver heavy for me, like mid-six and mid-seven. This is where uh, I started thinking about quarterbacks, like taking Kyler or Jameis early. You're out of control with these quarterbacks. What happened to well, the late it's just round? Like, it's just like why – like I, our projections think those guys are good. Our projections don't think whoever, like whatever wasteland of running backs. Like we don't – we just don't like those running backs. Actually sort of after Chris Carson, our projections take like a big – like it's actually – so after after Royce so, then there's no so, one. Right. So when you get in this range, you get Lamar Miller – uh, often you get Latavius Murray, who's not terrible. You get but those Roy- guys are gone, right? Didn't you say no? No, no, no. They're, okay, they're, like still, they're still there right now. Uh, Miles Sanders went at six point nine, which is disappointing to me. He's a guy that I like more than our projections. Well, um, forgive me the thinking on that because I, I, I'm, I'm obviously the one working on these projections a lot. So, I tr- tried to make them like Miles Sanders, but it's sort of impossible. So if I 
if I think like in these best ball championships, I'm trying to have the team that I think is not only going to be able to win my league, but the best team for the final weeks of the season. And I have no doubt in my mind that Miles Sanders is the most talented running back in that backfield. And so the question is, will they ever give anyone enough of the pie to make them really, really valuable? And I think if they view themselves as a Super Bowl contender in the NFC, you're going to be playing very meaningful games down the stretch for home field advantage because the NFC is loaded at the top. And I think Miles Sanders would be, I think there's scenarios where Miles Sanders just becomes that guy. Um, and so I, I view him as w- way better than Jordan Howard. Okay, we're two picks away. Um, Will Fuller and Alshon Jeffrey just went. Sammy Watkins is still there. Oh, Lamar, like Miller and, Lamar Miller and Latavius Murray are still there. I, I think um, I probably prefer Latavius at this point. Well, Latavius hasn't been at camp the first two days, which is also an interesting aspect. I'm trying, um, I'm trying to uh, trying to not freak out so much about uh, about all of this camp stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, it, the news mostly has not gone in our direction, so I can understand that. I honestly, I'm going to take Sammy Watkins at 7.10. I can't, I can't not. It's lit. And I just hope that one of those running backs makes it back to me. If not, I can take Royce Freeman. But so Sammy Watkins is now my wide receiver six. So. I mean, I could legitimately get away with six wide receivers in this draft, maybe. Yeah, and just go eight running backs or whatever? Yeah, the, the wide receivers are Juju, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks, DJ Moore, Sammy Watkins. What a weird draft. Yeah. I mean, it's all just taking the values that are there. I just, I, I don't think I would ever do this draft. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a slave. No, no, I just, I just so, I stick so rigidly to the rules that we wrote down in the ultimate guide to draft best balls. Like I just, there is, there is one roster construction that is um, like exponentially better than every other roster construction in terms of winning leagues. And so I just do that and hope that I find the right combination of players inside that roster construction, as opposed to finding the right roster construction that fits with random draft values. Yeah, so I I try to worry about my roster construction a little bit later on in the draft in terms of like the the overall mechanics of the numbers that I'm working towards. In this draft in particular, I tried to do that with the Carson over the Cooper Cup, but Watkins falling to 7.10, I can't. Like we have we have Watkins as a top 50 player. I can't. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't have I don't really have an issue. Probably I would have walked it back with Justice the- Hill going 8.1 is going to be a problem for me though. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I was I was talking I was talking to a guy who plays some of these high school. All right, so so we're on the clock. We've got Lamar Murray, Lamar Miller or Latavius Murray. I have way more Miller. Um, yeah. we have Miller ranked higher. Um if you if you're talking about ways that someone ends the season as like RB14 though, it's Latavius Murray falling okay. into the end zone taking, 14 I'm, times. I'm taking Latavius. At 8.3. So we've got, we've got touchdown scores with Latavius Murray and Chris Carson. And we've got six ridiculous wide receivers. I think next season I'm just going to have to put all of the best ball stuff behind the paywall because our, our Justice Hill article is not paywalled and it is the <laughs> highest it is the highest clicked article on our site this offseason. And since its publication, Justice Hill's ADP went from like 141 to like now he goes in the eighth round and it's pretty tilting. Well, I think the other question is going to be is at what point in this series do we decide to put these behind the paywall that we're like, look, we just, we, we got to stop this because we're, we're moving, we're moving ADPs out of control. I we're think, just, I think, I think I have only moved the ADP on two guys. Justice Hill and who? Ricky Seals Jones. You have to take, you have to take him in like the 15th or 16th now to ensure that you get him. I, I don't, I won't, I won't take credit for moving ADP on anyone else, but I, I will take at least partial credit for moves on those guys. Because I don't even know if anyone else I, – I guess I should know this, but I don't know if anyone else out there is really touting Justice Hill that hard. I don't know. Give me, give me a chance to short old running backs whenever possible. Like that, I just feel like that's, just, that's the zero RB strategy. Yeah, um, and that's certain, that certainly is the case with you know, Mark Ingram being an old running back. That's the case. I mean, Devonta Freeman's not old. He's just coming off he, he's like He's like 90 in running back years, though. <laughs> Um, so I'm happy to see lots of wide receivers flying off the board now. 
that's that, that's that yeah, makes you definitely want Kenny Stills to go like nine nine twelve. Like you you don't even want to be for you don't even want him to be there in the fourteenth round. Like you don't even want to be forced to that decision. Yeah. Um, in terms of looking at my team from like a stack perspective, you know, there's not really an advantage to any one of the quarterbacks right now because I don't have two receiving options paired. Yeah, you just have to get two of them. Just doesn't so, matter who. Yeah. Um, you, so, I, you'll you know, probably take Goff Rivers in your 11th and 12th pick. I end up with a ton of Rivers. Um, but we don't have any Rivers because I did not actually get Keenan Allen. So we do not have who'd any of Rivers. Who would you take? I, oh, you take. I timed, timed out on Adam Thielen. Oh, so Goff um, Cousins then? Yeah. So Goff Cousins or Cam because we do have DJ Moore. Um, I think That's the would, dream. Cam would be in consideration at 9.1, uh, 9.10. We're at 9.2 right now, and Cam is still there. Lamar Miller is still hanging around. If Lamar Miller makes it back, I would be celebrating. Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller, like, lasting in the ninth round is really just people in fantasy football being like, bro, look how smart I am. Look how smart I am not taking Lamar Miller. Uh, we're at 9.3. Larry Fitzgerald just goes. So I feel like Larry Fitzgerald is the Lamar Miller of the wide receivers right now. Except he plays in, like, Except- a fun offense, though. Do you think that's going to be a difference, or do you think he's going to be panting on the sidelines? Isn't he's like one of those fitness freaks, right? Like he's like one of those Probably, dudes yeah. that like he like he like only eats like uh, like power bars and like lean fish. Probably Lamar Miller goes to a team that is a, a very a team you would like very much has Kyler Murray, David Johnson, Christian Kirk um, on it, and it adds Lamar Miller. Sounds also, like sounds like that te- sounds like that team's just about ready to win the best ball championship. <laughs> Lamar Miller at 9.1, 9.4. As a reminder, Davis, your draft estimated in May, you took Lamar Miller at 5.12. Well, when you're doing early season projects, so, like, remember then, we hadn't seen Dante Foreman in two years, basically. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't good. I'm sure, <laughs> I, I'm sure I was just, like, on the treadmill at the gym, just, like, had 16 picks to make in various different drafts and just clicked Lamar Miller. So three picks away, and uh, the top of the draft ADP board right now is Cortland Sutton, uh, another one of your faves, Ronald Jones, uh, Drew Brees, Austin Hooper, and then Cam Newton. I would be very happy to get one of Austin Hooper or Cam Newton at this next pick. Take them uh, back-to-back. I would love to. Unfortunately, I don't have the back-to-back picks, but um, if I could get them, to, if I could get the rest of the gra- draft to agree to let you me should have take, You should take Cam first. I would agree, um, especially since Mitch Trubisky just went at 9.8, which is a strange one. Um, he, every once in a while, he's one of those guys that has a squirrely ADP. <laughs> I like it when you use the word squirrely because I feel like I feel like you are someone who is described as squirrely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, so I know Foley how to use it. Exactly, exactly. So we're going Cam at 9.10? Oh, yeah. Cam, Cam DJ Moore pairing. A Davis you're, you're definitely confusing people by calling it the 9.10 instead of the 9.10. Like people are going to be the thinking 9.01. Yeah, be like just people are just going to hear it weird. That's too much for people. Um, all right, Mark Andrews goes at 9.11. Is it? I, I see 9.11 doesn't sound right. Sounds like now. Now I'm making references to a tragic tragic event. I'm, the 11th I'm thinking, pick at the 11th pick in the ninth round. Uh, that's a that's a mouthful. Um, I just said it with my retainers, and you can probably <laughs> say it. <laughs> All right, so we're hoping for uh, Austin Hooper at ten point three. Yeah, if not, if not, uh, I like just the way I do things, just because I'm so worried about not getting the stacks. I would just take Goff. So I think I would say t- so. The the running back options. Remember, Justice Hill is already gone. So, like, one of our binkies in terms of the running backs gonna, to find later take on. you got to take Lewis in the next round, probably. So, Jalen Samuels is there. Um, that's the guy that I'm looking to. I waver every single day. I change my mind about James Conner and Jalen Samuels. Literally, every like, every, like, some days I wake up and I'm like, dude, James Conner is a print fest. Steelers just use one running back. And then the next day I wake up and I'm like, I don't know, man. So, so Jalen Samuels, college coach. So the guy who took Justice Hill in the eighth just took Pollard and Justin Jackson in nine and ten. He is a confirmed Roto Expert subscriber. I mean, nine and ten? No, we're not recommending anybody take these guys in nine and ten. I'm taking Austin Hooper at ten point three. 
starting to feel a little bit better about how the squad is rounding together, although quite concerned at the running back depth, given that one guy is taking literally every zero RB candidate in rounds like eight through 12. Sometimes, I mean, he probably left Chase Edmonds, though. Yeah, Chase Edmonds, Deion Lewis. Uh, Deion Lewis for Big T out there. I know he's a big supporter, big fan of Deion Lewis. Uh, he could be in my future. Apparently, apparently Deion Lewis shorter than me. It's actually pretty close. Deion Lewis is not much taller than me. Or comparable. Uh, all right, so we got like 15, 16 picks here before we find our way back to, uh, to drafting again. Where did Freeman go in this draft? Royce. Yeah. Royce, Royce or Devonta. Royce went in uh, Royce. Round, round seven, early round seven. He went before uh, I was able to get to the Latavius Murray section. I am, I am really starting to warm up to him. Basically just as, as, they, as they seem as if they are just like more trying to get him on the field. Like it just seems like they want to use Lindsay as like the, the lightning back and, and Freeman as the thunder back. And it seems like teams just do this a lot when, when like undrafted free agents do well. They, they still let the guy that they drafted higher play more. So I don't disagree with you. Um. I am concerned that they might sign Theo Riddick. Yeah, uh, according to the most recent reports, he's choosing between the Saints or Denver. And if I was him, it seems like a no-brainer. I would choose the Saints. Really? Why would he play much on the Saints, though? Well, first of all, he'd win more games. Winning more games right. is, is no, more no, fun. No, 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 no. That's, that's very fun. Winning, I just, you know, collecting a paycheck and, not playing is probably fun too. But the Saints, the Saints always use multiple running backs. Like even, like, they, they just always have. Even when it was Pierre Thomas and Mark Ingram, they would rotate in different guys. They, they always will have uses for multiple running backs. Yeah, but Theo, his use is primarily as a receiving back, and you would think Kamara would get all of those snaps unless they're just not going to play Latavius Murray a lot and they're going to give Kamara those, like, premium snaps. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is is that Riddick is just, like, a super replacement-level player these days, yeah. and, and, and his usage in Detroit was a lot about Garrett Blunt's complete inability to be – a real running back and the fact that the team never trusted Zenner and the fact that carry on was a rookie last year. Like I, I, I don't think I, I, I would probably be in the minority of this opinion, but if Theo did sign with Denver, I would not be like, Oh, you can't take Freeman. You can't take Lindsay. Like I just don't, I do not view him as a big impact player these days. So I agree with that, but I think you just naturally have to mix in something to the projection. My thought process is, I would just give it Booker stuff. Right. Yes, he's taking Booker stuff, but if they're making an active decision that this player is better than uh, Devontae Booker and someone we're going to have to pay more, I think that necessitates the assumption that they're going to use him more than they intended to use Devontae Booker. And so I think it is a small hit to the value of Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. And as long as that's reflected in where their ADP goes, I'll probably still draft them. But I would be a little bit concerned at paying the same price I paid a week ago with this new information. The thing is, is that I think that Lindsey and Freeman have probably been underpriced all offseason, though. Like, Lindsey was like a smash last year. He had like 10 touchdowns and 1,200 combo yards, and he's going in the fourth round. Like, like I wouldn't rather he's going, he's go, Yeah, he's going in the fifth sometimes now, too. Yeah, like, um, I'd so much rather have that guy than, like, busted dump truck Fournette. Like, it's not even close. But you just had said that you were concerned that Royce Freeman might be used as like the lead back. And so if that's the case, you're more, more is like, I guess I would say you're probably punting a lot of tunches between like Fournette and Lindsay. Yeah, you're definitely, yeah. But I would, I would guess that they would have like a yards per touch difference, like a full yard and yards per touch difference. And I also think that, uh, I mean, Fournette, Fournette's way of getting there is just like the dude never comes off the field. Like, like there, there's probably like an eight percent chance that Fournette is just like, all right, dude, we're giving you three hundred. Okay, so pause, pause the conversation because we're on deck. Um, I think at this point in the draft, with just two running backs through ten rounds, clearly need to start. Yeah, you got, you got to take Dion here. Um, Ito Smith, Dion Lewis, Kalen Blage, all there. I, w- I would probably at this point, with how much Ito Smith all of us have, I would probably go Dion Blage. All right, I'm gonna take Blage. I don't have a lot of Blage right now. Um. The question then will be with the next pick, do I consider taking 
Lamar Jackson, Russ Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger would be a pairing. Lamar would be a potential. Well, Lamar just won, so never mind that. Um, I, w- I would probably take Ben for the stack. Yeah. I think I would take Ito or Deion Lewis just to get that fourth running back and start to yeah. feel a little bit more comfortable and then see, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins comes back type thing. And then You're probably going to be looking at Mariota, Dalton, Carr, Fitzpatrick. Possibly. It really tilts me when people go like when seven people in the draft go three quarterbacks. And sometimes you end up with Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, as an accidental situation like I did last night. This is why this is why I do not mind going around early on my quarterbacks. I just kept I just kept looking at the board and seeing everyone with two and me with one and thinking, no one's taking Mariota. I can take Mariota. And then like three people took like Dalton Mariota, Darnold, like back to back as their third quarterback. Really the it's unjust, Drew. It really I was, is. I was like, what what is going on here? Yeah. Um so yeah, so this pick in in twelve will be between like a Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, or Deion Lewis, Ito Smith up in two picks. I, I would, I think, yeah. De- I mean, Dion at this point, like, what what more do we have to see to know that Dion Lewis is a value? Like, Derrick Henry's in a walking boot already. All right, so we're taking Dion at twelve point three. So now I got four running backs. The four running backs on the squad. Chris Carson, Latavius Murray, Deion Lewis, Kalen Balage. Not super inspiring, but it's at least four players. I mean, for a zero RB group, it's not, not horrible. Should be on the field. Uh, still the six dominant wide receivers in Cam and Hooper is what we're sitting at uh, through 12 rounds here. I bet you're going to end up tilting that Hooper pick and being like, oh, I should have taken God. Doyle's already gone. Moving ADPs. This podcast is moving ADPs. Um, I don't think Goff was ever was ever really in the car. But, I don't. It's it's like a really interesting thing with Goff. Like you would you would you would pretty much not even be interested in him for fantasy if it like yeah. like if you weren't talking about stacking. Like what I, I would I would never take Goff. Really. So I also because I only have Cooks. If I had Cooks in Cup, I would have reached on Goff. Yeah, because I only have Cooks. I'm like, am I really making that much of a stack? Um, well, you are, you are going from zero stack to one stack. So you, you, that is a, an yeah. infinity upgrade in stacks. That per, is true. Per, per the data, Drew. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> per the per data, the, you are in fact stacking. Per the data. Um, all right. So up in 11 picks, I feel, feel like cousins could come around. Um, Ito is still hanging there. Alexander Madison is hanging there. Maybe a Cousins Madison. Uh, Stills is probably still hanging there. I need to. I saw I saw a fantasy analyst tweet the other day that that Amir Abdullah was the handcuff in Minnesota. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, people just make stuff up in the off season. <laughs> that would uh, that would be something. That's all I have to say to that. That'd be, that'd uh, be that would be. Ito has gone. Um. It is not to the team that you love with the David Johnson and the Kyler Murray and the Christian Kirk and the man. Here's the, the thing about Edo Smith. At this point, I could just back off of him, and it would like I would have so much of him that it would yeah. like, like I am cool backing off of him now, and like I don't have to feel like I'm being a hypocrite or being anti-data just because it's not smart to go fifty percent of anybody. Really, that's that's where I am with Edo. That's also where I am with Golden Tate, um, who pre-suspension and, and I was just did that for me. I was just eating up the Golden State pre-suspension, and uh, now my rankings. Well, I was drafting off the composite, and our boy Anthony Amiku loves him some Golden State, or loved him some Golden State. I think he still kind of likes him. He, he likes, likes Marvin. He likes Marvin Jones, which just puts me on tilt. You didn't you once really like Marvin Jones? Yeah, when he was young. Am I making that up? No, no, it was a real thing. He was okay. he used to be great because he was once twenty six. Okay. You too were once 26, Drew. I never used to be great. That's the in your, difference. In your, in your athletic prime. It's the difference between me and Marvin Jones. I bet Marvin Jones could uh, still survive a game of spike ball without any injuries. Um, you know, right. honestly, with his lower body injuries, I'm unsure. <laughs> Up in three picks, I'm holding out hope for Kirk Cousins, which um, – just sounds awful, honestly. Just if you had to guess, where do you think Kirk has finished 
in each of his last four seasons at quarterback scoring? I would guess between eight and 14. Never finished outside of the top 12 as a starter. All right. Thank you for inspiring my confidence because Kirk Cousins. Well, it's just like he's boring. No one wants to take him, but. He is our quarterback, too, at 13.1. Oh, 13.10. I mean, with the the double digits in front of it, it's a little bit easier to understand. Um, All right. So, next pick. Now we have two quarterbacks, four running backs, six wide receivers, and tight end. The roster is a little bit balanced out now. Um, Top of the board in terms of draft ADP, Andy Isabella, Alex Madison, Devontae Parker, Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun Hamilton, another guy I have a ton of. Um, Kenny Stills is still there. I think if if Kenny Stills makes it back, I think he's wide receiver seven, and I close the books on wide receiver. I think I would just go ahead and take Chase Edmonds before you start thinking about Kenny Stills. Chase Edmonds? Well, Madison just went, so maybe I should. There's still other wide receivers I like decently. So you're probably right on this Chase Edmonds, especially if I'm going a seven running back team, which I think I should with this team. Yeah, that seems pretty ideal. So I think you're right. Ricky Seals-Jones at 13.12. We move. We move the ADP at rotoexperts.com. What can we say? <laughs> so that's right. Make sure uh, to get your subscription to rotoexperts.com. Except the thing is, is that I can tell uh, that people have only started going back through articles from like three months ago, like recently, because people will say stuff to me on Twitter that I like wrote in May. And I'm like, you could be, you like these people could just be like printing and drafts it, but they just they they didn't start reading until last month. <laughs> Derek Carr at fourteen point one. Um, this right. is this is a guy. This, this is an interesting draft. This is the guy who took Justice Hill and all those running backs early. He only has four wide receivers. Um, we're not, gonna add not a Roto expert subscriber. We're gonna add Chase Edmonds to the mix at fourteen point three. His four wide receivers are Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Stephon Diggs, and Keenan Allen. So he did what you did, but then he was like, okay, I'm going to pound running backs. Yeah, so it's, it'll be interesting to see what kind of wide receiving core he's able to build in these later rounds. Um, I feel pretty good about the balance of the squad now. Two quarterbacks, five running backs, six wide receivers, and a tight end uh, through 14 rounds here. feel like it you know, kind of came back around, figured it out. The running back core has five guys that should be on the field some, assuming David Johnson can't play 80 snaps a game. What if he does? And, um, David Johnson, it, like the 90th percentile outcome for this Cardinals offense. Like, it's just so amazing to think about. Like, it's like, oh, man, so many fantasy points if it works. Kyler, Kyler, gets, hurt, Kyler gets hurt Work week three, Drew Stanton season. <laughs> and, then, and then what is – it's just a repeat of 2018. I just, I think, I was trying to think of the one injury that would most alter the course of the uh, the best ball championship. And given the ADPs of the surrounding talent, I, I actually think it's Jameis Winston. Because if Jameis gets hurt, it, it's mm. literally someone I've never heard of. It's like, yeah, oh, it's it's Gabbert. It's Blaine Gabbert as his backup. Oh, then they can still they can still move it. Blaine Gabbert, a true American. Don't you think if Jameis gets hurt, they just trade for Fitz? Oh, well, or just Fitz just is like, I'd like to be released Miami. And they're like, okay, fine, whatever. And then he goes and signs. Yeah. Yeah. But it re- then there's no stacks though. The one thing that um, the only person I've seen talk about this on Twitter and forgive me if there's others that have, but uh, Rudy Gamble talked a little bit about Tampa Bay situation and kind of the inflated ADPs and the idea that a lot of these Tampa Bay wide receivers have been successful in large part because of Deshaun Jackson stretching the field in a way that they don't have that type of option this year. And if you look at everywhere Deshaun Jackson's gone, the YPA of the team that he's gone to has increased and they've gotten more efficient as an offense. I think Deshaun Jackson's actually one of the more under underrated. Yeah, he's like historically underrated. However, underrated. my, my like, counter argument would be is Godwin can do that because Godwin is so fast. He certainly can, but wouldn't that impact his target volume if he's the guy being asked to do that? Um, but, but that being said, the point that I wanted to get to is what does that mean for Philadelphia's passing game? I think the issue you have with Philadelphia's passing game is that you're splitting it between two tight ends between four wide receivers and three. I mean, really, really three tight ends and one that plays wide receiver named Alshon Jeffrey. 
That's so disrespectful. It basically moves like a tight end. These That's, it's so disrespectful. But I, this is probably Kenny, the first Kenny, year. Kenny Stills just went 15.3, and my heart is officially broken. Because I was, I was holding out a little bit of hope that I was going to get, gonna get there in the 15th round. I might get Deshaun Hamilton. In the who, are you, who are your quarterbacks? Kirk and uh, uh, Kirk and Cam. Yeah, no, there, I guess you there's can take nothing else. There's take, nothing else. Greg Olson's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. There's nothing else I could do there. Marquise Goodwin just went. So I think I, he was one of the other wide receivers I was considering in this you range. Could take Chad, you could take Chad Beebe in the 18th round. I'm not taking Chad Beebe. Oh, man, my wide receivers just got wrecked. Uh, Devontae Parker and Deshaun Hamilton just went right before me. My cue is dead. Jamison Crowder is the top guy. I can't do that. Running back, we've got Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, Jamal Williams, and then like the you know the Malcolm Brown, Darwin Thompson guys. I'm cool with um, Malcolm Brown here. You think so? Tight end: Noah Font, Tyler Eifert, Mike Gesicki. Oh, Eifert, bro. You Eifert? Yeah. Eifert has the same bye week as Hooper, so I think I got to go Noah Font or Gesicki. Is is RSJ? Oh yeah, RSJ's gone. Is Waller I'm, still there? I think yeah, Waller's still there. Um, like all right, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to take Dave, David Moore actually as my last wide receiver. Um, and then I'll handle running back tight end because Waller, like you can get later. So I think I'll go with a running back with my next pick. Dude, John live streaming this. Yeah. People would you think people would just be sitting here sniping me left and right? Maybe I don't know. Uh, I maybe maybe we are. Darren Waller just went, so maybe we are. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm secretly feeding this to uh, to your opposition for a small fee. That would be something. Um, all right, that changes the equation. I think I might need to go back to tight end now, and given the amount of Gesicki that I have, yeah, you should so, not be taking Gesicki. I feel, like, I feel like I need to start toning down my Gesicki. These these early these early reports on like you like you you try not to overreact to too much, but when the beat reporters are saying this dude is awful, he's not ready. Nick O'Leary's playing better than him. That's when you're like, okay, like this is like the Bishop Sankey thing, but at tight end where you're just like nothing seems to be going right for this dude. I should probably stop hammering him. Yeah, we uh, we learned our lesson back in 2013, Drew. So yeah, I'm gonna take some Noah Font. I have I have none of him this season, but he just has a different bye week than Hooper, and that's basically what I'm in for right now. Joe Flacco likes tight ends, right? That's the narrative. Uh, it's a I narrative. I really don't like taking rookie tight ends. I really don't. Yeah, no, we our projections uh, do not are not great on like don't feel great about that decision. What that was, was pu- that was purely a portfolio management decision. A port. Oh wow! What a bro! Like you can just you can paint every pick that way in best ball. You can just be like, <laughs> "Why? Well, I, I just needed to do that to diversify my portfolio a little bit." Well, I did. That is the tricky thing with Hooper is that you remove yourself from Eifert consideration unless you're playing three tight ends. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. With with Eifert, you have to take three tight ends. You can't just take two when right. you take him. So, I mean, I still could take Eifert if I wanted to go six running backs. I guess. I think uh, I would. I would probably advise a seventh running back in this circumstance. Eifert went, so that dream is dead anyway. Um, so, in terms of running backs, you know, end game here: Mike Davis, Malcolm Brown, Darwin Thompson, Raquel Armstead, Jalen Richard, Rex Burkhead. Hope, hoping to get two of those guys to close this out. Yeah, Armstead is a guy I warmed up to a little bit just because, like. Well, not warmed up to. I've just been drafting him pretty considerably, considerably, but I haven't written about him on the site because I don't have anything illuminating to say other than that. Uh, I would like to be short Leonard Fournette over the course of the season. Yeah. Unfortunately, Darwin Thompson is starting to get where I can't get him as my very last pick. As, your, as the last pick, yeah. And that has been annoying. Uh, he just won 16.11. Um, here's, here's a guy, 17.1, Josh Gordon. What are your thoughts on Josh Gordon? My thoughts, very quickly summarized, I take him in these best ball championships when I need like an eighth wide receiver. I don't take him in cash games. I take him as my seventh guy a lot. I took him in the FFPC pros versus Joes where the only thing that matters is getting first in a 12-team league. Uh, Is that a seasonal management league though? I think seasonal management. Oh, okay. 28 28 round best ball with defense and kickers. Okay. 
Because I think seasonal management leagues, like, there's no reason not to take him. Seasonal management, you should be taking him in, like, the 14th round, probably. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I yeah, think Gordon, so- Gordon being reinstated is definitely, like, net positive for, like, my overall fantasy football portfolio. I mean, it's got to be, even if you have a, a, touch of sh- a touch of shares, because also I, we're, our projections aren't particularly high on the Patriots' pass catchers as a whole. Um, so it would be a nice to kind of knock down some of their, their, uh, value as well. Cause I think we're probably short them. Yeah. We, we don't really like anyone more than their ADP. I mean, Edelman's like right around his ADP, but we tend not like you tend to have the, one, the one guy we like more than where he's being drafted is Burkhead. Yeah. Which is not confidence. And I guess I tried to like, sort of like move more to Damian Harris though. Cause I kind of like Harris. But what are you gonna do? I, I yeah, I think Harris is an interesting guy. I I got Malcolm Brown at seventeen point one zero. Um, so now I wish I had golf because I could have had a triple stack there. I don't. I mean, I don't like the I don't like the onslaught. You don't like right? the you don't like the onslaught of the running backs, but the running backs catch passes, man. Is Malcolm is Malcolm Brown like I I would see it like with like uh, Albert Kamara, Drew Brees, but I don't. I don't know if Malcolm Brown's going to be big. What about the uh, – so this is one where I feel like if you get the second pick, you can set up the CMC, DJ, Cam, DJ. Samuel Cam really easily. Because you take CMC at 1.2, you take DJ Moore at 4.0 or 5.02, and then you take uh, Samuel Cam at 7.8, you could assure it, but 8.9 occasionally you get that too. Yeah, I was just like I would need to see the math on like how often four fantasy football teammates score twenty or more fantasy points. My guess would be it's not a great percentage of the time, like like less than one percent of the time. All right, last running back pick: Mike Davis or Raquel Armstead for this team. I kind of think this team needs a little bit more. Yeah, guy who gets on the field. Guy who's on the field and Mike Davis. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that'll wrap up this draft. Uh, To to recap it. It started with um, – who did it start with? started with Devontae Adams, then Juju Smith-Schuster, then Adam Thielen, then Brandon Cooks, then DJ Moore, then our first running back, Chris Carson, then back to wide receiver for Sammy Watkins, Latavius Murray, then uh, round nine was Cam Newton, round 10, Austin Hooper, round 11 – Keelan Bellage, 12, Deion Lewis, round 13, Kirk Cousins, round 14, Chase Edmonds, round 15, David Moore, round 16, Noah Font, where we were not excited, uh, round 17, Malcolm Brown, round 18, Mike Davis. So this is a 2772 build, uh, the compromise build between Davis and I. Davis, you're a 2673 guy. I'm a 2682 guy. Uh, 2772 is maybe Maybe I'll start doing, trying the 2682 uh in drafts where i get kelsey or kittle or whatever yeah i think and that's usually the way that i'm drafting the the uh, issue that the issue that i'm gonna have though is that ricky seals jones and um travis kelsey have the same bye week that's always a problem that's that's great. what we just ran into with the eifert hooper situation it's a problem um all right davis i know we ran a little bit long because we covered one of your early drafts uh, why don't you wrap it up for the peeps so everyone, if you if you enjoyed that conversation that Drew and I just had about doing a play draft festival league, you want to get some insight into how you can make some of these profitable decisions yourself, I would encourage you to head over to rotoexperts.com and check out our NFL 365 package. They have projections that are powered by the math coming out of Drew Dinkmeyer and Michael Leone's brain inputs uh, manipulated by yours truly, uh, pretty much updated on a daily basis as well as rankings. Uh, premium content, customizable cheat sheets, the ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, the ultimate guide to winning play draft best ball leagues, and our uh, our our daily roto roto expert Slack chat that's uh, starting to get popping. We we have we have the people excited about these drafts now. Finally, we get we have the the daily roto fifty dollar best ball league that just got started yesterday. Yeah, and we've got people hanging out on the best ball channel sharing thoughts. And I know uh, when we've been drafting, we've popped in there as well to try to kind of talk through our drafts and, and give more 
highlights. So certainly uh, lots of incentives to sign up for the Word Expert seasonal package. And uh, we'll be back next week with another edition.